0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Planted Podcast. So here today, I'm very happy to be joined by Maya. Maya and I have met on this wonderful new app, which I've been going on and on and on about called Clubhouse. Now, if you don't know, Clubhouse is an audio only app. You can't DM, you can't post anything. And um, it's all just about joining what they call a room, which is within a club and then you share your message and voice and um, myself and co-host angel have been running the vegan forum for probably over a month now and maya was one of the first people to come in and we've been talking collaborating a bit since then so i just had to get maya on the podcast maya's a naturopath based in israel which is the vegan capital of the world i'm i'm told by maya um (laughs) and so we'll hear a little bit more about that later but maya thank you so much for joining us today from um Shall we say uncertain Israel? And the reason I say that is because you were just mentioning that the weather's so um, up and down at the moment. Shall we say?
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's exciting.
0: Absolutely. So um, I just wondered, Maya, if we could start by just explaining for anyone who doesn't know what a naturopath is. And uh, apologies if you get this question quite a lot, but I know a lot of my a lot of my friends and family outside of the fitness and nutrition space, if you like, in inverted commas. I have to often explain to them what a naturopath is and the amazing work that you guys do because so I'm really in awe of you know the 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 skills and, and knowledge that you guys have and that's why it's so valuable to have you in the vegan forum so often but if you could just explain to anyone listening who might not be quite familiar that'd be a great starting point.
1: Okay well I, I can't say much about the uh, official definition of it but I can say what it is to me and to me naturopathy is a form of complementary medicine in which we take a look at the whole person and we use the toolbox that we have which includes nutrition and herbal medicine and supplements and lifestyle changes to help you reach whatever your health goal is Um, and we look at the person unlike China the same sort of western medicine approach but then we ask another question so if you go to your doctor and you say my head hurts he's going to ask you a bunch of questions and come up with a diagnosis possibly you have a migraine and this is the pill you take for it and offer you a solution so when you go to a naturopath an naturopath will carry on and ask you just the one more question which i feel is what's missing in western medicine and that is why and why do you have a headache what happened at the same time was it something you ate was it uh, are you stressed what what else is going on in your life and and then we figure out what it is that's causing these headaches and we treat that we don't treat the headache we treat you Mm -hmm. and the entire situation that you come in with so is it something you've eaten? A lot of people have food sensitivities and then we'll treat that. And we'll also talk about how to build a lifestyle in which that is less of an issue and it doesn't come up in other areas of your life. Because if you don't actually treat the problem, then it will manifest in different ways. Like you'll, it will start by being a headache and then you'll take a pill for the headache, but then you'll start having a runny nose.
0: Right.
1: Or, you know, whatever whatever the case may be and so if you treat the root problem okay so you have a food sensitivity let's see how we can help heal your gut let's see how we can deal with this sensitivity and let's create a lifestyle in which there is less chance of this problem repeating
0: brilliant that's a great great way of putting it thank you Maya so if someone was to say so what's the difference between a nutritionist and a naturopath what would your response to that be
1: well there's, there's quite a few differences. The approach to food and diet is very different. As a nutritionist, I tend to look at things like calorie count and it's just a different approach. So if you ask me, I'm, I don't care about calories. I don't count calories. I look at macro and micronutrients. I look at, is he getting enough zinc in his diet? Is he getting enough calcium? What are those things that are happening? And perhaps nutritionists look at that as well but the way they view it is a little bit different. Um, And there is also the fact that we have more tools. So I also can use herbal medicine and I also can use supplements if they're needed. And I can also use lifestyle interventions, and all of these things will also affect your digestion. And so it's a question of how you want to get to from point A to point B.
0: Brilliant. OK, thank you for, for that, Maya. And what inspired you to go down this route? I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story and, you know, how that came about.
1: How long do we have?
0: <laughs> we got all the time you need.
1: Um, well, when I was eight, I had um, rheumatic fever. Do you know what that is? I don't know. OK, so you know how when you have strep throat, doctors are always saying you have to take antibiotics or that will get really bad. So it got really bad. Um, No, I didn't realize I had um, strep throat. So I didn't get the antibiotics I needed in time. And what happens is it developed, in my case, um, into a heart condition. So I was in hospital for quite a while. Um, I think it was two weeks. And then follow up like really rigorously once a day for a really long time. And then sort of weighing down from there. Um, but what it meant was that I spent a really long time as a child sitting in a cardiologist's room. Right. staring at the 3D picture of heart happening to me and, and, and why and how. Um, and I wasn't allowed to exercise. I wasn't allowed to exert myself in any way. Um, oh, how long? And I was biotics from the age of eight until the age of 18 every day at age 18, I suddenly had this moment. I was like, I watched all of these films about AIDS. I think you're a lot younger than me, but there was a point in time (laughs) where there were loads of films about HIV and AIDS. Um, And I watched all these films and I was like, okay, so immune suppression can manifest as, you know, potentially lethal condition. I'm taking antibiotics, where is my immune system? Like what's happening there? Do I even have an immune system at this point? Because how many trials has it actually had to you know, stand up to? And I was like, I think I should quit. I think I should stop taking this medicine because I'm 18 now. So I still have time to like c- recreate this immune system. I had no idea what I was talking about. This was full on just intuition wow. Like medical knowledge at all behind this but i was like i think i should i think i should stop now when i'm young and healthy and have a chance of you know recovering so i went to my cardiologist and i was like hey listen so this is what i'm thinking and i'm gonna stop taking my antibiotics now and he was like you're an idiot i'll see you in six months with the worsening of your condition and i was like well you know let's see (laughs) we'll see if i need to i'll come back um So I stopped taking it and I was like, he, he was in close contact with me. I wasn't like fully an idiot. Um, I was still doing the checkups and getting my blood done and all of that. And I haven't taken antibiotics since, I mean, unless I was sick, but I haven't, I haven't needed to take antibiotics since then. So I stopped taking my antibiotics then and I didn't go back. Um, and and then a few years went by, I went into the army and I traveled overseas and I was in Australia. Sorry,
0: Maya, pause for a second. You can't just you can't just scoot over, I went into the army. <laughs> You've got to oh. tell us a little bit more about that.
1: <laughs> well, it wasn't very interesting. In Israel, you're, you have to enlist. It's not... Well, how long? You. Um, so I, I went into the army. I didn't want to go into the army. It doesn't match my personality at all. I, how long was
0: you in there for, Maya?
1: I was in the army for two years and eight months.
0: Wow. And what did you do in the army? So this is fascinating. In the in the UK, we don't have obviously have to do anything like this. So yeah. it's like a, a different, I mean, this stopped in 1964 or something, I think, conscript, conscription. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what, what did you have to do while you were in the army?
1: Um, so I actually had a really good run in the army, um, by which I mean um, I wasn't really in, involved in anything army-ish. I worked with uh, disadvantaged youth. And I helped talk to kids who might have gone down the route of, you know, crime and whatever, wherever that took them, and try to help them back into the straight and narrow. Um, And I loved it. It was great work. I felt like I was doing something positive in the world and, you know, the Israeli army is, is quite controversial um but what I did was was really good I helped people and that I'm I'm, I'm quite happy with that
0: um, amazing so what age were you when you got out of the army then just so we can paint a picture
1: right so I enlisted at 18 mm-hmm. and so then I was out when I was 20 and a bit almost 21 probably um and then I did what all israelis do when we're at the army which is get the heck out of here <laughs>
0: <laughs> really
1: oh yeah that's that's how it's done you spend three years or whatever being told what to do every minute of every day and then you're like uh this no, sorry problem. is that okay <laughs> um get me out of here so i went to australia and i spent a year in australia and then spent a year in New Zealand.
0: okay and what were you doing uh, during that time
1: I was working and I was living there. I was basically Mm -hmm. just living there Um, and I loved it. And so while I was there, I I got a really bad urinary tract infection. Right. And I had no idea what to do because I was an idiot and I was 20 and I was in a foreign country and I don't know what to do with doctors and how you get around these things. I was like, just hope for the best. Um, and my boyfriend's mom um, looked at me and said, you should be drinking cranberry juice every day. This is something every woman should do for life. And I was like, why? That's so weird. It never, like I'd never heard of this. I'd never had a UTI before. Um, and she was like, yeah, that's what that's what you need to do because it will help flush your system. I was like, oh, okay. And when I was... I didn't think about it again when I was in New Zealand the next year I used food to to help how you feel so I'd never really given it much thought beforehand and then I started looking into it and I, I suddenly discovered that there was this thing called naturopathy and people can heal with with food and I was like this is this is really cool i mean i want to do that and i i knew i i had always known that i wanted to help people like when i when i was old i wanted to do something that was beneficial to the people i um i survived a i survived a suicide bombing um when i was 17 and it was one of those moments i shouldn't have survived it was, it was a complete a completely random thing that i lived I think it was 22 people that died that day but I, I don't look at the news from then I can't so I don't actually know um if I'm right about the number um but a lot of people did die and I didn't and I was like okay there's a reason you're alive like there must be a reason you're alive and this uh-huh. reason must be to do something of benefit because otherwise you couldn't you have survived um and so when I realized that there was this this way of helping people heal through food, and I would be helping people. I was like, it felt—I don't know how to explain. It. it just felt like this is it. This is this is what I should be doing. This this is this is the place where I feel whole. Um, and I started looking at where I can study this and 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 how I can start that journey. And I got into this um this university in Australia, and then I told my mom and she started crying over the phone she was like you can't move to Australia you'll have grandchildren that I'll never meet <laughs>
0: standard parents response right <laughs>
1: so I was like okay fine um so I moved I moved back to Israel and then I started looking again for a place and I found a university that taught naturopathy. and I haven't looked back since so I was like, The second I started, I was like, this is this is it. This is what I want to do.
0: Wow, that's incredible. I want to ask you a bit more about that, Maya. I think because a lot of people who I speak to, you know, and I'm sure it's the same for you. It's a terrible thing when we when we don't know exactly what we want to do in life, right? And you almost feel directionless. And it's it's not always, you know, the end of the world, right? Because people can try lots of things, but it's it's so helpful, I guess, when you kind of got that drive and and clear direction in where you want to go. It sounds from like from what you're saying that you didn't have that until this experience. Would you say that's right? I don't want to lead you or put words in your mouth.
1: Yeah, no, that that I knew that I wanted to help people, but I didn't know how. I didn't know which like what 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 route that would take me down. Um, and when I found this, it just felt right. So yeah, beforehand I didn't know. I know I I sort of I knew the way, but I didn't know the destination. Does
0: that make sense? Yeah, 100%. And would you say that your life changed at that point?
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, And by that, I mean, you know, in terms of like how happy you felt from day to day and this sense of joy, I always speak about, you know, waking up in the morning and feel joyful. I think sometimes if you're not exactly clear, it can feel a little bit like Groundhog Day in life, you know, like things are repeating and repeating. Um, So was that kind of your experience from there? You just
1: You know, it's, 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 it's interesting because in one, in one sense of the matter, yes, definitely. I mean, I feel when I wake up in the morning and I know I have a day full of clinic, like I'm excited, I'm happy. And I, I know I have a lot of friends who don't wake up feeling excited about Mm -hmm. their work day. So I'm really lucky that way. But on the other hand, there were years in which I was starting up my clinic and I had no idea how I was going to make it work. And that point in time, I was like, ah, oh, I could just get like an office job and I know how much income I would have at the end mm-hmm. of the month. It's so much easier than being a business owner. And I feel like, what am I doing? But once I got the clinic up and running, yeah, definitely.
0: What helped you to kind of get out of that survival mode then of thinking, oh God, you know, is this month going to make it? Is this month going to make it? Continually worrying.
1: So two things the first one was I finished my master's that took up so I didn't even realize how much of my mental space was was taken up by studying um, and how badly that was affecting my business Mm. because I didn't I just didn't have the energy to 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 do the things I needed to do um and the second thing was I was sitting with a friend of my sister's who is like a big deal in a bank and he was, he was asking me, like, what do, you, what, do you, what do you do? How much money do you earn? Why don't you just, you know, stop doing that and come work at the bank and earn, like, proper money? And I had actually considered it. Like, I was like, I'm so, I'm so tired of trying to stop my business. This is exhausting. And, and he offered me this job. And I was like, I woke up the next day and I thought, Oh, like everything inside me was so unhappy at the idea of doing wow. something like that. Not, not because working at a bank isn't a good respectable job just because for me, it wasn't my mm. calling. And, and then I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm going to figure out, I'm going to figure out a way to make this work because, because if, if this is my calling and I'm like fairly confident that it is, then I have to, I have to make it work. There's no, there's no options.
0: I love that. And I think these are the really important subjects to be discussing in life, because if we're just focusing on money and revenue into a business, then what's the point? I actually wrote in my notes the other day, you know, what is the point of creating a business just to generate revenue? If there's not a bigger purpose or mission or how you're going to change the world, then it just seems pointless. I had uh, Ryan Bennett on the podcast a few podcasts ago. I don't know if you know him, he's in New Zealand, also a naturopath. And he was saying such a similar story. He was a civil engineer and he left that because he wanted to do this. He had a huge calling for this, hugely passionate. And they rang him up and they offered him six figures ultimately. And there was a part of him was like, oh, should I take it? But then he made that decision to go against, you know, what his parents were saying, to go against all of the judgmental people and and say no. And it's almost like the universe is is testing you, isn't it? Like offering you this very tempting offer. But, you know, deep down, it's not going to fulfill you in the heart.
1: That's, that's exactly it. That's how exactly. did you
0: have the confidence to, and conviction to kind of go through that? Because I'm sure many people have been in this situation and they've gone for the offer. And, the, you know, I know plenty of people who live a life of comfort. They live a life of maintenance, but they're so unhappy. So how do you take steps towards doing the, the dangerous, I guess?
1: That's a good question. I I don't know. I guess maybe, maybe I'm lucky um, in... That the life I have lived and all the sort of times in my life that were really trying, I, 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 I sort of learned to trust my intuition. Right. Um, and my intuition was like, this this is this is what you need to do, and you're just gonna it it'll just work out because why wouldn't it? Um, you made it this far. <laughs> you didn't you didn't survive all the things that could have killed you and didn't just to end up someone who wanted to be a naturopath and ended up working at a bank yeah that's that's not how that's not how life works it shouldn't work that way and i don't believe it does i think if you have for me i believe that if i had survived all the things that i had survived could have died from that heart condition, could have died at that suicide bombing. I had all of these things and I didn't, I I survived. So there's a reason. And the reason wasn't to have 10 patients a month and sort of (laughs) feel sorry for myself, that's not it. I survived because I can help people and I, I have helped people and this is what I need to do and just trust my gut and just know that, trust my gut and trust the universe, I guess.
0: This is an incredible story, Myron. It's it's funny because we've been chatting a lot, I guess, in the last few weeks. We spent many hours in a clubhouse room, which is a different forum to this. You can't see each other face to face. You're not really talking one on one. But I had no idea about, you know, some of the things you've been through, your story or anything like that. So it's so great that you've been on here. Um, but I just was really curious about one thing you said there. And you were talking about your guts and your intuition. And for me personally, this is something that I've been trying to tap into recently cuz uh, you know when i first started my business i really struggled with decision making you know i was constantly looking for the next guru or, or business mentor to almost tell me what to do to give me that crystal ball and if i do this it's going to help more people you know the business will be more successful but i came to the point where i realized that nobody knows what's going to happen in the future right and i really had to do a lot of work in terms of tapping into my intuition and gut but what would you say that feels like for you to listen to your gut because some people talk about a physical sensation almost don't they or a kind of knowing but for you what does that look like
1: so it's it's two things it's when you listen and when you don't listen right so when you don't listen for me i can feel it i can feel like a tightening oh, really? in the chest um that's like uh, it's like your body cringes. It's like, no, no, this isn't this, this is isn't the right direction. And it can be really small things like, you know, this is, this is probably not what I should, suggest, not, not what I should offer to the world, but this is the example that popped into my mind. If you're speeding, if you're driving down the highway, it's three o'clock in the morning, there's no one around and you're speeding. And suddenly there's a thought that pops in your, hand, in your head and says, so you should probably slow down. And then do you or don't you, right? And so I do. Mm-hmm. And then, like a kilometer later or five hundred meters later, there's a police car standing at the side, you know, with their camera. And it can be something really small like that. That, mm-hmm. so going back to my childhood in Jerusalem, um, early two thousands, there were a lot of suicide bombings like a lot, a lot of suicide bombings. It was very common. It happened all the time. And it was one of those things where you knew if you were going out, there's a chance you're not making it
0: home. Wow. Yeah. Um,
1: and so you sort of have to make up these rules for yourself. right? You make up these rules and they're completely in your head and they're random and they don't have anything to do with reality. But it's like, I'm never gonna run for a bus. I'm never going to run to catch a bus because sometimes buses explode and I'm not, you know, going out huffing and puffing because I ran to the bus. Not happening, not doing that. And my not running to catch the bus has led to, there were a, a, at least three times I can think of where the bus did in fact explode. Um, and so that was just the decision that I took. I'm not doing that. And and fate will bring to me what to, whatever it brings. And... The day I survived that suicide bombing, I survived because I arranged to meet a bunch of friends at a cafe. And it's a cafe that I hate for no good reason. There's no reason. There's two very similar chains, and one of them is more expensive than Mossiami. And they were sort of on the same street. Um, I was driving, we arranged to meet at the one I hate, um, and I knew we would be the first ones there. I was driving, and there was a car. Spot, there's a space for my car exactly outside it, which never happens. It's a really busy street. And I was like, well, there's a, there's, I can park my car here. But if I pretend I didn't see that, I can park a few meters down and then we'd be closer to the other cafe. And <laughs> so maybe I can change the, maybe I can change where we're going to meet up. um So I carried on driving and the girl sitting next to me in the car was like, what are you doing there? Like there's, the spot right here and I was like what oh I missed it um which was an absolute lie I totally did that on purpose and I carried on driving and I turned into a street that had some um, some spaces to park in and I stopped my car and we walked to the edge of the main road there and the coffee shop exploded and had I parked where I was meant to park we would have been in in the cafe with that a suicide bomber and we would wouldn't be here wow. um and having these experiences for me it was like you just always you just always have to listen to your guy you know how to explain it it's it's that thought it's a thought that pops in your head and we have so many random thoughts throughout the day, right? Mm. <laughs> it's always hard to know which ones to listen to, especially now, right, in in, in hindsight, because I have post-traumatic stress disorder, not surprisingly. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes my gut is just fear. What I think is my intuition is actually oh, just me being afraid. And, and at that point, it's like, that moment at which you have to try and, and separate is this is this my intuition or is this my fear is this anxiety telling me oh you like what friend says let's make for coffee is it my anxiety saying oh I don't like sitting in cafes sometimes they explode or is it this this isn't a good day mm. don't go um so that can't come, come I mean at the at, back then it was just a question of listening now it's a question of listening and also trying to separate anxiety from reality do you mind me asking
0: how you can separate that Maya? very curious thing that
1: took me a really long time to realize that this was even happening Mm. like a really long time i didn't realize for many years i didn't realize i had ptsd many years um and one day i was like no this isn't this isn't my life became smaller and smaller and smaller because I kept saying no. And at some point I was like, you know, this, this, this has become an issue. This is not your intuition. This is something else. And so I went into therapy and I did EMDR. Um don't know if you know what that is. It's oh. really interesting um, type of therapy in which eye movement, desensitization and reprogramming. Oh, right. I think I okay. could be mistaken about the... Uh, acronym basically you move your eyes whilst thinking about the trauma and it changes something in the way your brain works don't know how it works no. it's like magic it works really well for trauma for people who suffer from trauma um and then i started to learn i started to learn it was like there's a sensation if it's fear if it's anxiety then there is discomfort in my body i feel like hot inside if somebody says let's go let's go out and i feel hot inside it's my anxiety it's not my intuition that that's usually how i'm able to tell them apart now it's like in the actual physical sensations
0: that's fascinating that this really is And i just wondered just to ask you to really close this out because i'm just conscious of your time but what would you recommend as some actionable steps that, who, you know, for people who have maybe never thought about listening to their gut or they just that's a completely alien concept to them? Because it was for me not long ago. How can they kind of become more in tune with this?
1: Well, meditate. Mm. I, hate, I always hate when people tell me to meditate because I have no patience for meditation. I really want to, but I don't actually have the patience to do it. So I don't meditate traditionally. I meditate through doing things like um, Mindful. I'll knit or I'll do something that requires like my almost all of my focus. Um, and then I can work things out. It's like meditation for me because I don't actually, I'm not really good at sitting down and doing nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that works really well for me. I'll do something that requires that, that actually requires me to do something, but that is repetitive and small. Like I'll do maths, but I'm a huge oh. nerd. <laughs> so <laughs> a lot of people won't connect to that, but I'll do like, I'll do like things that are mathematical and that helps like, that, that's sort of my meditation. Um, so that really works well because that helps you get in tune with what's actually happening. Like is this yeah. physical sensation, what, it, what I think it is, or is it something else? Um, that's that's the first thing the second thing is write writing things down to help work things through so if you don't have a journal you should and you don't have to write in every day although that does work but for me just knowing that it's there that if I have a thought that is bothering me I can I can just write it down and then I can examine it later. There's something about writing things like physically with a pen, not just typing it on the laptop, but physically writing something down that that helps us figure it out. Um, Find a friend who is brutally honest, (laughs) one that will call you on your nonsense and be like, you know, Maya, you've said this a bunch of times and I can see there's a pattern here. You might want to look at that. That is really helpful. Yeah. And I hate saying things like, "Remember that, you know, what you what you send out into the world, you also attract." But that is so true. It's so one hundred percent true. Just remember that if you offer the world one thing and that is the same thing you get back so I try to lead with kindness if I see someone when I'm walking down the street I will always smile at them I could be having the worst day but I will always smile at the person walking in front of me I will always say hi if I've seen you so you get to know more of your neighbors than you used to know in the past. Um, so at this point in time, like I know them all by name. I, I say hello to them. I know how their kids are doing because I walk my dog 700 times a day. Um, <laughs> because I'm home more than I used to. <laughs> mm. uh, and and so I see these people a few times and then I'm like, hey, how are you doing today? What's been going on? How are you feeling? And pay attention to the conversations that you have pay attention to the conversations that you have because I every single conversation I have is always what are you doing how are you doing this how can I help you can I say one thing that's going to change something for you like that's the conversation that I have the most often that is repeating itself every day and not just with patients like with my friends and with my neighbors and with random people that I've never met before on the street, I will have the same conversation. And when I noticed that this is the conversation, I was able to see that I have a passion for this and this is something that I draw into my life. And it's like, the th- notice the things that you have around you in your room. What are the things that you spend your time and your money and your efforts on? It's like, if you look, I'm surrounded by books mm-hmm. because I'm a massive nerd and I am really obsessed with growing and learning because I feel like the more I grow and learn, the more I'm able to enrich other people. If you're surrounded by, what is it? What, 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 what are the things that you are surrounded with? What are the choices that you make? I hardly ever have time to watch television, but I always have time to read. <laughs> because the time is the same time. It's just the choice that I make, right? This is something that I want to spend my energy on versus this is something that I don't really care about. So if you pay attention to these things, you're able to sort of see where the patterns emerge in your life. And I know that this is easier for me because I'm such a maths-oriented person, um, which is funny because I'm a naturopath, which is the absolute opposite. <laughs> um. <laughs> maybe that's why you
0: like the math so much, to balance it out.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And, and and try and learn from them if you have the same conversation when somebody asks you how you're doing and you're like oh it's monday mm. <laughs> i have no energy for this why like what's going on what is happening in that monday what is happening in your work like that is that is not good for you and how can you change that is there one small thing that you can do today that's going to make a difference is it saying to yourself you know for lunch today i'm gonna eat something better or i'm gonna walk around the block or I'm going to you know have a proper exercise session what what is the one thing that you can do today that's going to change your life because it's not going to change your life today but if you continue doing it your life has changed and you wouldn't even see it happening
0: yeah we are what we repeatedly do right the main thing I got from you there Maya is just to slow it down right to just be more mindful and then you can see what's going on
1: I think if there's one thing that 2020 and 2021 have offered into our lives that is good it's the ability to do that um because even if you think life is that much harder if you've got your kids at home and you're trying to juggle work you think that you have less time and less energy but in reality there is something that is showing up now that can teach us there is there is a way to, to to use this time to to learn and grow and develop and, and change and improve and create something that we want to see
0: brilliant what a great point to end on i'm going to be honest Mike, i've got shivers multiple times through this conversation and that doesn't happen to be very often but this has been really powerful so i thank thank you for being so open and uh I'm sure this will help a lot of people. You know, it's it's certainly helped me in a lot of respects and helped to clarify things. So I appreciate your knowledge and wisdom. You've mentioned um, books a few times and I can see books all around you. Normally I ask for one book recommendation, but I'm going to ask for three from you, Maya. And also a quote that you kind of live by. Might be a saying from, you know, an old family member or something a bit more well-known, but three books and a quote that you live by.
1: Um... Are these books to for self-development? Are these books for health development?
0: Anything well, at all. Whatever your gut is gonna bring up for these three books. I, know it's I, feel, difficult.
1: I feel like there's a pressure there. Um, okay. The first one would probably be um, Spectrum by, let's see if it's behind me. Oh, naturally, it is nice. No. Oh, there it is. Yep, Dean Ornish.
0: Oh, okay, <laughs>
1: <laughs> Dean Ornish, the spectrum. A uh, great book because he talks about moderation. He talks about, and, and this is something that I'm really keen about. That you've probably noticed. I've said this a few times. Like you don't have to go to an extreme. You can, you can, you can work towards it, and and unless you have an extreme condition, you might not need the extreme solution. You can Love just that. edge your way there. So that, that one's brilliant. Um, that's one, two would be, oof, so many choices, I'm terrible at book choices. I'm sorry, such and I've been read so much. Um,
0: just feel there's something so powerful about a book recommendation because you know it's very different to just randomly choosing something right and I always go away and I get to the book recommendations eventually so I think already you've given me quite a chunky one there um Maya but (laughs) two more for myself and the listener listeners
1: um Sorry, I'm quickly cheating and looking at my bookshelves.
0: Actually, I put you on the spot, to be fair, oh. so uh, it's my fault.
1: Yeah. Um, anything Dan Ariely? Um, I don't know if you know him. He's a behavioural economist.
0: No, Dan Ariely.
1: Um, yes, he is incredible. Really? Um, yeah, like, I've been slightly obsessed with him for a few years um he was a professor at duke university and he does all these studies and it is fascinating it is like you read it and he talks about like very specific things because he's a behavioral economist so it's like why we choose to buy things and why we choose to but it is mind-blowing definitely definitely worth reading.
0: Dan Ariely.
1: Yes. And and the last one is a book that is by an Israeli writer whose name is Gabi Nitsan. He wrote a book called Badulina uh, which is available in English as well and has nothing to do with anything. Um, It's just a really great book that taught me a lot about Life and summoning things to towards us, even though it's not like a, a, a law of attraction book or anything like that, it's just a storybook, it's fiction, and it is really, really good. And you can find that on Amazon, I know because I've suggested it to other people.
0: Wow, amazing! We'll put these in the show notes as well. Um. Thank you so much for that, Maya. And just your quote as well that you kind of live by or that you often use.
1: So the quote, I'm actually going to open up the the, the note full of quotes because if I'm going to quote someone, I should probably quote them correctly. How could we forget those old myths which are to be found in the beginnings of every people? The myths of the dragons which are transformed at the very last moment into princesses. Perhaps all the dragons of our lives are princesses who are really only waiting to see us once, beautiful and brave. Perhaps everything terrifying is at bottom, the helplessness that seeks our help.
0: Wow. Well, that does that does change things, I guess, when you look at life like that. Every
1: I, think ex- yeah, I think there's something so beautiful about trying to think of our hardships as, as as lessons that we can learn from that are actually only there to to teach us to be beautiful and brave and show up.
0: And it stops you stops you playing victim. It stops you falling into this you know "where is me" mindset. Yeah, so powerful. Thank you, Maya. So, where can we find a little bit more about you?
1: Um, right. So the, the the honest truth is, I'm kind of terrible at social media um but I am on it (laughs) sort of
0: I'm looking at your page Um, right now there's some there's some nice pics on here
1: yeah but it's not like really business oriented I am on Instagram um it's maya underscore naturopathy um I think it's the same for Facebook and I do have a website it is mayanaturopathy.com which is fairly self-explanatory I think um and I do see patients over Zoom. So if anybody is feels that I might be able to help them with anything, just send me an email, um Maya Naturopathy at gmail.com and let's go from there.
0: And Maya can also be found on Clubhouse, just to say. <laughs> <This isn't true>. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Maya. This has been great. Appreciate your time.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you.